if you take a full marathon runner uh, after he gets done, he or she, it takes about four to five full days to recover to have your body feel somewhat normal again or whatever normal is at that point. Um, from floating, you could actually feel normal by day three because floating helps to take and pull all the lactic acid through your body that's built up from that long run or what you just did with the Ironman. looking for a high-energy, competitive way to get your team to compete while training athleticism, hand-eye coordination, and lateral quickness? If so, you got to check out Spikeball. Top high school, college, and professional athletes around the world are using Spikeball as a fun and safe competition to start their training sessions, practices, and workouts. It's also a tremendous way to train your routines and releases and build that elite mindset. As a listener to the Peak Performance Podcast, you can get a free spike ball set by visiting briancane.com slash spike ball. Again, that's briancane.com slash spike ball because if you're not playing spike ball, you're just playing games. If your body could talk, what would it tell you? Know your body, transform your life. That's the motto of DexaFit, the best in helping you know your numbers. DexaFit shows you exactly how your body composition, cardiovascular fitness, and metabolic health compares to the optimal standard. We know that measurement equals motivation, and DexaFit measures your progress while providing the diet and fitness plan customized for your body. DexaFit is providing a tremendous opportunity for listeners of the Peak Performance Podcast to get their first scan at a discounted rate. Go to briancane.com slash DexaFit. That's briancane.com slash D-E-X-A-F-I-T right now to learn more. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach here with the Peak Performance Podcast. And our guest today, Ray Toma, is a former professional baseball player and currently runs the float spot. Now, if you've never floated before, imagine floating in a tank with no sound, no light, and you're motionless for anywhere from 30 minutes to 120 minutes and you come out and it's the most refreshed and relaxed and recovered you've ever felt in your life. I've tried a lot of different recovery methods from cryotherapy to massage therapy and floating is the best in terms of coming out and feeling recovered and being recovered and Ray is one of the leading authorities in floating as a part of recovery. Ray, thanks for joining the Peak Performance Podcast and educating me and our listeners today on the benefits of floating. Thanks for being with us. You're welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me. Ray, could you kind of give our listeners sort of your career in a snapshot from, you know, playing professional baseball, meeting Harvey Dorfman, getting introduced to the mental game, and then kind of your journey to the float spot? So I was uh, I was drafted by the Oakland A's uh, out of college. I was actually drafted by the Chicago White Sox out of high school and turned it down, uh, went and played at Western Michigan University, and then was signed by the Oakland A's. And uh, played from 1982 to 1988. Uh, last two years of my career, I was traded to Chicago Cubs. And um, I always had in my mind that if it wasn't fun anymore, it was time to go on. It was going to be my decision, not somebody else's. So when I retired in 1988, um, I had to join the real world again. And that meant going back to school, uh, starting a sales career, 
Um, was able to get my first job at Reebok uh, selling footwear through Joe Girardi. And, um, but my career had progressed, and I've always been on the health and wellness side. And I was uh, running uh, the national sales for the U.S. for a company that was based in Sydney, Australia. And I was in a pub, and if anybody's ever been to Australia, the beer's significantly a little bit heavier there and a little bit stronger. No surprise and, that you were in a pub. No, no surprise you're in a pub, and that's where the story really begins. Well, no, no surprise that you even responded to that comment, but that, that's neither here nor there. And um, these two massive guys were sitting at the bar, and all I kept hearing was the word float. And the only thing that registered in my mind was, you know, are these guys possibly parade float builders? That's the only thing that would make sense, or pool float builders. And um, I started asking them some questions, and they were two athletes that were um, part of the Australia Institute of Sport, AIS. And AIS is an uh, uh, Australian uh, entity that takes all the elite athletes in the country, uh, trains them, educates them, um, houses them, sends them all across the world to compete. And Australians have always been known for having that little extra something, something that, that, that kind of sets them apart from people. But they never shared it. And they started telling me about flotation therapy, and they said that every member in the Australian Institute of Sport, it's mandatory that they float for visualization techniques and accelerated muscle recovery. And I thought that was the absolute coolest thing I've never heard of before. And did about eight months of research and found out, you know, sometimes when you, when you start reading about things and it seems too good to be true, it usually is, the more I turned over information on floating, it not only was true, but it was probably better than what they even explained. So I started traveling around the country going in different float centers and you start realizing, especially from an athlete standpoint, you know, the days when I was playing, it was all about train harder, train harder, train harder, train harder, and you're going to get better. Well, it's not the truth. You can't train the same bad things and expect to get better. And then all of a sudden it turned into what's more efficient in performing, and that's how much more efficiently your body recovers in order for you to train harder and perform better. But what's coming out now, and that's where floating comes into it, is this term called mindfulness. We have to be very mindful of ourselves. We have to clear our heads. Um, as an athlete, especially in baseball, you know when you're in the groove and you're in that zone, that sweet spot, that ball coming at you looks like a beach ball. It doesn't matter what it does. You know you're going to be able to handle it. On the, on the other side, when you're not in that groove, it looks like an aspirin coming at you, and it's doing 15 things before it even gets to home plate. So it's how do you get to the point of clearing your mind out? Floating is probably the best thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, if you want to break it down into simple terms, as an athlete, we think much. We're all told that. The great athletes think less and less. Um, in floating, you get into an environment that's 300 gallons of water, 12 inches deep with 1,100 pounds of medical-grade Epsom salt. The water and the air are temperature-regulated to be the exact same temperature as the surface of your skin. That's what takes a sense of touch out of the equation. It's always been known as sensory deprivation, but in honesty, it's all about sensory awareness. 
we have lost the understanding of ourselves. We don't spend time with just ourselves. We have cell phones with us, music all the time, TVs, computers. But being able to quiet your mind down has the most amazing effect on your body because once you quiet your mind down, you're not hearing all that shatter. You can focus on what you want to focus on. So from a mental standpoint, there's nothing I found as greater than floating. Uh, from a physical standpoint, it's not a teaspoon of sodium. It's all mag magnesium sulfate. Magnesium is the most depleted mineral in our body, uh, but also helps with taking inflammation out of joints. When you're floating, you're literally in a sense of weightlessness. You feel absolutely nothing on your body. You can stretch in ways that you didn't think humanly possible, but your entire muscle structure starts to relax, and once it relaxes, it starts to elongate again. You don't get the constrictive muscles like you do from working out. But it's the greatest recovery method. Um, if you take the analogy of, and you should know, Brian, from just doing the Ironman, if you take a full marathon runner uh, after he gets done, he or she, it takes about four to five full days to recover to have your body feel somewhat normal again or whatever normal is at that point. Um, from floating, you could actually feel normal by day three because floating helps to take and pull all the lactic acid through your body that's built up from that long run or what you just did with the Ironman. So from a mental standpoint, it's fantastic. Um, now, one of the things when I went in and found the equipment that we're using right now, this is where the visualization side comes into it. Um, I ran into two attorneys in London that they were both litigators, and they always had a hard time sleeping the night before a big court uh, a court case. They put so much time and effort into preparing, so the adrenaline's building up, not unlike what athletes go through before competition. And they said what they would do is they would put all their legal briefs on a digital recorder the day before court. They would listen to it for a couple hours. They would go float. And what happened is they not only slept great that night before, but when they got into court the next day, they felt like there was a teleprompter in front of them, like they knew all the answers. And they thought that if they were able to take all that external crap that's around your head getting ready to go into court and just focus on what your job is, it made them better attorneys. And once I heard something like that, because I don't know a single attorney that's able to settle down, I thought if floating did that for somebody like that, what could it even do for an athlete would be absolutely amazing. Um, this past year, the Cubs got a float tank. They put it into a new facility. J.J. Uh, Watt has a float tank in his home. Uh, Steph Curry floats. In fact, ESPN did a segment on him. So it's starting to become mainstream again. Ray, what are some of the obstacles that you have experienced with, you know, people coming in or the first time they hear about floating? It's kind of like anything else, right? That's met from the four stages of acceptance where they go, well, that's not for me or, you know, that might be okay for others. And then finally, once they try it, uh, I think they'll say, I can't believe I haven't been doing this my whole life for recovery. What are, what are some of the resistance that you see people bringing to the table when you're talking about flotation? Good question. When you start to explain everything that happens, a lot of times people will look at you like a deer in the headlights of a car from thinking of, I've never heard of that before, or why haven't I heard of that before? Oh, you mean I'm closed in? No, you can actually lift the lid up or down. Um, people that self-diagnose claustrophobia, it always ends up being about a control thing. 
but it, it's hard to, in some ways, comprehend that something that you literally do nothing in has that much of an impact on you mentally and physically. So you have to tell the story. You have to share with people. Um, they'll listen to you know, a Joe Rogan podcast, who's a huge proponent of floating. Um, they'll hear they sleep. The big thing, people come in and say, I want to float because I want to fall asleep. I have a hard time sleeping. Not all the time will you sleep. You know that from yourself. Sometimes you're, you're tired. Sometimes you're not. Um, but it's just about giving somebody the time to let go. If there is a um, commonality, women probably have sometimes a little bit harder time of floating than men from the simple standpoint that women are the greatest multitaskers that walk this planet. Even when they say they're doing nothing, they're just doing less of something. So just to go into a float tank and do nothing and not think about all the other things in life that we have to do is sometimes a challenge. Um, but I think with, with how yoga is exploding, um, more the mindfulness businesses are opening up. Floating is getting accepted a lot faster. I mean, this has been around for 50 years. You know, think about this. In 50 years, there's a little bit over 300 float businesses in the United States. It's almost mind-boggling to think that there's that little. But we're at a point right now where in this generation, in this world, with everything we're faced with, we're more overstimulated now than we ever have been in our entire life. So when you hear about, you know, Steph Curry, why he floats, you know, the travel schedule in the NBA, the pounding on your muscles, the demands from, from fans and, and everything else that goes on in your life, how do you get away from that mentally? Floating is what works. J.J. Watt found out the same thing. You know, I'm not saying that, that the Cubs won a World Series because of a float tank. I don't know how much they're using it uh, or when they use it or who uses it. But I got to think it had something to do with it because, you know, at some point we have to do something for what's between our ears and not just us physically. Well, you got Steph Curry, NBA MVP. You got J.J. Watt, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You know, J.J. Watt also, you know, has been very vocal about the amount of sleep that he gets you know, between nine and, and, and 10 hours of sleep a night, uh, which is not easy to do, but it, but it takes making the decision and, it, you know, to for recovery and making the decision to take care of the million dollar Ferrari we're all walking around in called the human body instead of thinking of recovery as a sacrifice. And I think as athletes and as coaches or as the entrepreneurs and people listening to this podcast, they make themselves do the work. They make themselves wake up and work out. They've also got to let themselves relax. And I think for all the listeners, getting a session inside of a float tank in 2017 or whenever you're listening to this, make that a priority. Ray, what's the best way for people to contact you if they're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to check out a float spot? And if they're not in that area, what's the other ways for them to do that from around the country? Best way if you're in the Dallas area, we have two locations, one in Frisco and one in Flower Mound. Uh, best way to find out the location that's closest for you or more convenient is get on our website, and that's the float f l o a t spot s p o t dot com. So getting over to the floatspot dot com, and obviously when we 
put out this podcast, there'll be some pictures of the big flotation tank that looks like an egg that you lay in and just let yourself recover and mentally dump and come back out almost as if you were born again. Ray, appreciate you making time here to be a guest on the podcast. Uh, To shift gears for a second, though, before I let you go, talk a little bit about just the mental game and the importance of the mental game from a baseball standpoint, just with your experience as a player and then also your son, who is a high-level player as well. You know, the you and I have talked about, and he was one of your mentors, Harvey Dorfman, who was the first um, mind performance coach in special sports. He was hired by the Oakland A's. And um, he came to spring training, and uh, some people actually went up to him and said, hey, can you help that guy over there? And he was pointing to me, and he came up to me and said, what seems to be your problem? And I started just twitching. And I said, I have a hard time. I can't control myself. I stopped twitching. It's hard to bat when I twitch. And he just bust out laughing. And we started, a, we formed a little bit of relationship. And one thing he told me is probably something that's easy to say and not always to do. But he said, as a professional athlete, you have to have the absolute worst memory for the present and the greatest memory from the past. And that's something that, that he preached. And sometimes it's a lot easier to say than do. Um, you can't control what just happened at that moment, but you have to educate yourself on how you responded. And um, it's embarrassing to say, but when, when he was traveling with us, uh, it was in A in Huntsville, Alabama, and that's with, that was with Conseco and McGuire and all of them. Um, I was in an 0 for 55 slump. And anybody that's ever been in a slump before, 0 for 4 is bad enough, 0 for 55. And it wasn't 0 for 55 where nothing was happening. It was 90% of the time, line shots, guys making great catches. And one time uh, I hit a line drive, got in out. Next time up I hit a little dribbler and got a base hit. And everybody, the umpires called timeout, they gave me the ball because everybody knew what was going on. And I came back to the dugout, and Harvey looked at me and said, you see, if you would have just swung a bat like that, you wouldn't have been 0 for 55. And I looked at him, and I just bust out laughing because it was the stupidest thing in the world to say. But as athletes, we take ourselves too serious. We, we somehow along the way sometimes lose the fact that we started to do this as a kid and had fun doing it. And then it became serious. It became a job. And I think when we start putting ourselves back in the mindset of being that child where you're out to have fun, um, everything else just falls into place. Awesome. Ray, appreciate your insight into the mental game, into recovery and the float spot. Everybody make sure you get over to thefloatspot.com. Check out Ray and what he's got going on. If you're down in the Dallas, Fort Worth area, if you attend a seminar we're doing down here or come down for a total immersion experience, we'll make sure we get you over there so you get to experience this. Ray, thanks again for your time, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Brian. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. You've probably heard me say, do a little a lot, not a lot a little. A great way to do that is by following me on Twitter, liking my Facebook page, or adding Brian Kane Peak on Snapchat, where I'm posting daily mental game reminders for you. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a positive review or share a link to this episode on social media using hashtag PeakPod. 
Mention Brian Kane and one thing you learned in this episode for your chance to win a free ticket to the next Brian Kane Experience live event. Dominate the day.